Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to episode 138 of the Conquering Columbus podcast. Today on the show, we're excited to have Linda Nelson joining us, and Linda is a board member and co-founder of the Pyramid CDC, and she's got a lot of experience in the IT world. Her dad kind of pushed her down that path, and she followed it, and she realized after retiring that people needed to have more access and mobility when it comes to getting involved in the IT space, so she founded the Pyramid CDC along with some of her fellow board members. We're really excited to have her here on the show today to talk to about everything they have going on. I definitely think you guys are going to enjoy this episode, and as always, we hope you'll learn a lot. Before we get to that, though, we want to take a quick moment to thank some of our sponsors here at Conquering Columbus. And that's going to start with FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest-growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored-fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent, through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And our last sponsor is Small Biz Cares. Small Biz Cares is a nonprofit founded by socially conscious community leaders here in Columbus, and their goal is to connect mobilize and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community and small biz cares members have the unique opportunity to join like-minded businesses to raise money for great causes participate in large-scale volunteer efforts and improve educational opportunities for youth in our community to get your small business involved or to learn more visit smallbizcares.org that is small b-i-z cares.org Finally, if you've ever wondered what it takes to start your own podcast, we're here to help. We're putting together a podcast startup package with our recommendations and some of the key lessons we learned over the past two years of podcasting. You can sign up by heading over to our website, conqueringcolumbus.com. And while you're there, don't forget to give us a like on Facebook and be sure to subscribe and share Conquering Columbus wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Conquerors, let's get the show on the road. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment and I might get, you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of Conquering Columbus. Today on the show, we've got Linda Nelson joining us, and Linda is the co-founder of Pyramid Community Development Corporation, and Pyramid CDC is a nonprofit organization created with the goal of lifting individuals out of poverty by providing 
advanced technology training, workforce development courses, financial literacy, virtual banking, self-development courses, STEM, robotics, and technology programming for youth, along with connecting these residents to self-employment and small business opportunities, as well as high, higher paying jobs here in Columbus and across the central Ohio area. We're really excited to have Linda joining us today. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Linda. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, and appreciate you hopping on today at the end of the day to uh, talk about your career and everything you guys have going on. But how's your day going so far? My day is going good. I'm working in our store today, our social enterprise called the Op Store. So I've been there all morning, and things have been good. And we were talking a little earlier. You mentioned you guys are selling a lot of rugs, different furniture items out of there, right? Yes, we host and um, have Wayfair products within our store. And so we do their closeouts, and we have their area rugs, and we have their furniture at a much lower price than the Internet. Okay, perfect. And then I guess, sorry, I'm always curious about some of the different side pieces to a nonprofit. I guess I wouldn't call it a side piece, but um, you guys use that then to fund your mission? Yes, we use our social enterprise, the op, which is located inside of the, the shops at Worthington Place, which is also known as Worthington Mall, as our uh, financial piece for our nonprofit. And where did that model come from? Is that something that you guys thought of on your own, or did you follow? There's similar models here in Columbus. Did you guys um, mimic after anybody else when you were taking that route? No, we actually were lo just looking for a way to um, fundraise. And we came up with the idea of opening a pop-up shop. So it was originally a pop-up shop to see how it would go with the Worthington community. And we found out that they were very excited about us being there. We sell women designers clothing and handbags. We also have vendors within our store that are designing their own jewelry and doing a lot of local business entrepreneurship within our store. And so it's kind of like a co-op, and we run our entrepreneur program, which is part of the whole organization within the op store in order for individuals who might have a brand or they might be someone who designs their own product line, and they want to see if maybe they'll make it in the marketplace. So we give them that opportunity within the store. So going back to the beginning, before we dive into that in too much detail, what eventually led you to Pyramid? Like, what did your career look like before that? And um, what inspired you to be a part of it? Well, my career started as a young person. My father decided that he wanted me to go into the computer world. Um, so I ended up at high school going to Fort Hayes Community College. In, I mean, I'm sorry, Fort Hayes Career Center in order to take up word processing. And upon graduating from there, I was able to receive employment as a word processor for a company called Adria Laboratories, which is used to be here in Grandview. And that jumpstarted my career into the IT field. And so I was a word processor for them, moved over to AEP, American Electric Power, and became a data processor for them. Um, moved on to the state of Ohio in which I started a career mostly in computers. And so I started with the Department of uh, Rehabilitation and Corrections working for the director of personnel being their word processor. And that was before anyone had a PC on their desk. So I've been around a lot longer than, you know, most of these Mac machines you have on the desk here. Um, and so once I um, moved from Department of Corrections, I went over to the Department of Natural Resources and I became a data systems supervisor over there. And I spent 24 years over with the Department of Natural Resources in very IT positions, both union and non-union supervisor, 
in management positions and just employee positions. And while I was there, I spent a lot of time also traveling out into the rural area and being able to see individuals starting to adopt technology and having the difficulties of your dial-ups and all that kind of stuff. So I worked a, a wide range of IT with the Department of um, Natural Resources. And then I moved on from there, went to the Department of Public Safety as a network administration supervisor over their um, IT help desk division and worked with them for about three years and then landed with the um, Ohio State Highway Patrol. That's where I retired from as a natural, I mean, as a network administrator supervisor. That's a lot of experience in, in the IT industry and, you know, going through all that. Did you, was there anything particular you really enjoyed about the work? Well, it was a good income, as I can say. I did enjoy my work. I did enjoy the fact that I am learning something new every day. With IT, nothing is the same. You come in this morning, the server is up. By lunchtime, the server can be down. So you have a wider range of things going on all day, so your day is never the same, and there's an excitement in a different way. And so I enjoyed doing that type of work, but I'm also someone who enjoys fashion, and I enjoy sewing. So using a computer to develop those things, too, also interests me. What about mentors throughout that process? Anybody in particular that kind of sticks out to you that helped you develop your career and uh, where you are today? Well, being the only female in this field, I was in this field for 30 years before retiring, and I was the only African-American female who was in a management position in those different agencies. And so it was kind of hard to get your colleagues to be your mentors because boys, or I should say men, do not like a woman to teach them how to use a hammer. So with that being said, they're not in really interested in me teaching them how to do something, but they were more interested in teaching me how to do something. So I had to learn that culture of men and how you work with them and how you can adopt what's going on without becoming frustrated and um, be able to succeed in your career. And coming from a family of all males, I'm the only girl for 80 years and I have a son. <laughs> so there's no more females in my family. And so I, I just understand how it is to work in a culture in which you have to adopt what's going on around you. And it's interesting, you know, as, as a male and a white male, I, I'm privileged to, know, to be able to go up to Josh or my boss and easily find a mentor or not have that same aspect of people not wanting to learn from me. So how did you handle that ego? And, and what were some of the, was there anything in particular that you did that, that helped you along the way? I was flexible. Mm -hmm. I learned from one of my colleagues to be flexible. When you're in a situation where you cannot change it, you learn to be flexible. And as long as you do that, I believe you, you'll get by. And that's how I got by. I mean, I, I was able to advance myself from a low-level word processing person all the way up to the highest paying African-American female when I left the state of Ohio in, in my agency for IT. Congratulations. That's quite the accomplishment. Josh, sounded like you had a question there. And what made you want to build Pyramid CDC, jumping back into that? Well, I found out how difficult it was for individuals to get into the IT field. 
mostly minorities and females are not in this field. And to get into the industry, you have to have work experience. And I found it very difficult to try to hire interns because we had that requirement of you have to have work experience. But to me, the whole reason you want an internship is to get work experience. So I would many times have these conversations with my colleagues about why there isn't more a diverse group of individuals within our agencies. Why is this so difficult? And they would give me excuse after excuse. So I said, okay. Once I retired, it's probably maybe about six months to nine months after retiring, I thought, instead of complaining about this problem, how about we fix this problem? And so I was talking with our current board members who are also family friends, let's build an organization that can help build a foundation and opportunities for individuals to get into the IT field. So that's how Pyramid CDC came about. And so what we're trying to do is build opportunities for all walks of life to be able to get into the field. But not only that, if you're interested in IT and you're, most people are afraid of it, and that's why they don't use it a lot. So we're building basic programming, advanced programming. We're building it for people who are in college by building internship um, opportunities within our program. Um, work opportunities. We have teamed up with other organizations who have individuals who need to be placed in a nonprofit or an organization to build their skills so that they can learn IT. And then we're also wanting to be um, in partnerships with the schools, the elementary schools, especially the fifth graders, so that we can start teaching them IT and how fun it is and how you can you know, use it as a tool within your household and that kind of thing in order for them to draw an interest to technology. So it's kind of on a three-tier situation. You have your beginners, you have your internships and college people who need experience, and then you have a community and you have students who need IT training. Definitely. And so it sounds like you've got it pretty fleshed out at this point, but at one point it was just an idea, right? So. How do you take that idea at the end of your career, like, hey, I want to give back, I want to help all these people find a way into this space. How do you take that idea and turn it into the Pyramid CDC? What it is you there? just start moving. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you wake up every morning and you just start moving. And truly, I believe that a lot of it has come from what I say, visions of, of, of instinct and of, of God, because I wake up in the morning and I can truly see a picture of what this organization is built on and how it can succeed by continuing to do the work that we all have placed on paper as what we really want to do with the organization. So you mentioned a little bit about the mission. How do you guys go about acting upon the mission? We talked a little bit about the storefront. Um, is that kind of the main driver to help you guys achieve your goals? It is, I wouldn't say it's the main. I would say they go hand in hand because we're kind of building the store and the organization on a parallel. Right now, we are putting our interest more so in the programming by we have partnership with an organization called UMADOT who is doing an elementary school after school program. And so we're going over next week and we're going to take 10 raspberry pies and we're going to dive into how do you build computers with the young people over there in the grades fifth and sixth 
And so we're building that. Then we have a new class coming up January the 16th for individuals who want to go into the IT career or they're curious about IT itself. And they're going to spend at least 24 hours with an uh, instructor who's going to teach you about how to build computers, kind of the help desk position. And then after that, you'll be available to stay on the online courses to be able to study for an IT certification with CompTIA. And so we're excited about that. We have new person starting in our office, and she is going to be working with us in building our after-school programs and connecting with things that we have going on there. And so we're building our own curriculum for this program, too, because we haven't been able to find something just right off the shelf for your open source and Raspberry Pi scenario. So we're, we're building that at the same time we're over here building our store and making sure we have enough of the participants in our co-op scenario there. And then we have merchandise and I'm shopping online for clothing and it's kind of, you know, I'm going in several different directions in order to build a, this organization on a parallel. Yeah, it sounds like you're wearing a lot of hats. <laughs> All day. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so time, help me out with the timeline here. Is When did you first start and like incorporate the business? We started um, Pyramid Community Development Corporation in um, 2016 mm -hmm. is when we registered. But we really didn't do anything with the organization for almost a year because we were busy doing other things. Um, and when I say we, our board members. And we finally decided in 2017, if we're going to do this, then we need to get started. And so most of our board members have other positions. I'm the only one that's retired. So it, it was kind of on my shoulders to get this going. And I'm a, I'm a go-getter person. If I say I'm going to open up a retail store at Worthington Mall, I'm going to open up a retail store at Worthington Mall. And it, it wasn't really a plan of ours to open the store. It just, okay, we can do this, and this is a way to finance our other project. And so we just opened up. We had no merchandise when we started, and we started with a little low budget and some of our own investments. And now the store is absolutely beautiful. What are the goals of like the next five to ten years? Well, what we're going to try and do because I'm older, <laughs> and I don't plan on working forever. So I, what I would like to see in the next five to ten years is for us to build a really good foundation of both our programming and our social enterprise that we have right now within the store, but also look at others who might want to build social enterprises with us. We're looking for people who would be interested in opening up maybe a, a retail store that has to do with computer equipment that is what I call low-end, your Raspberry Pis, your Windows, I think there's a little small uh, Windows computer stick things that can be purchased for under $300 that can be placed into um, various communities so people can have access to IT. And so we want entrepreneurs who are interested in doing that, entrepreneurs who are, start, who are startups, who are interested in coming on board and saying, I will take a couple interns that have been through the training course and teach them and, monitor, and mentor them through this process. So we don't just want to have the two entities there. We want it to grow so that in South Linden, it now becomes an IT hub 
and people who are interested in getting in the field know where to go to get the start. And once they start with us, of course, you'll have to finish up with your coursework in a college, you know, two-year or four-year, or go to a boot camp. You'll have to do those things, but at least you got to start. At least there's someone there who's going to talk to you and help you with that. And you've mentioned Raspberry Pis a few times, and I'm sorry, I'm completely ignorant. I have no idea. What, what exactly is a Raspberry Pi? Oh, it's a little computer board. Okay. And um, it actually works just like a regular computer. You put a monitor, keyboard, and mouse, connect them to it, and you can run off with operating it just like you would a Mac or Windows. And we're using those to teach people coding. And you can also use them to be able to hook them up to your TV, and they can be digital devices because there's a software on there called Kodi. Um, we also are going to use them for our drone programming. So we have a good group of guys from the Hobbyland out of Graceland Mall, and they're going. They've already designed uh, how to fly drones using these Raspberry Pis. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to do a lot of that, and then we're also wanting people who are interested in helping us build STEM programming, along with us being able to be participants in robotics competitions and in drone competitions, and we're going to be part of the um, Maker X for 2019 over at the fairgrounds, where we're going to take a group of students and show them what some of the IT world looks like. What do you foresee the biggest challenges being in that growth effort? People from everywhere. We need students, we need entrepreneurs, and we need instructors. So in every area of our organization, we have a need. And with the more people who sign up with us, the more we can get done. We've gotten a lot done in the first year. I mean, who opens a retail store and a training program in one year? Mm -hmm. And so we've trained people that we have given away at least 20 computer devices, and we have helped 32 small businesses within our retail store. Perfect. And so on that note, how can people help out with that if, if you know, they're hearing this or they're running into some other form of the Pyramid CDC out there? How can they help with that effort? All they have to do is send me an email. <laughs> um, PyramidCDC at gmail.com. And, and let me know their interest. And then I will meet with them and place them in the proper spaces that we have available in order for them to help us. And like I said, we need just about any and everything regarding IT is what we're interested in, in developing. And I think once we get a strong foundation of what we, you know, propose to do, I think not only will the city be proud because we are the Smart City initiative going on. Linden, South Linden is one of the communities named in the grant that was issued for the city of Columbus. And I think they'll see a difference because I think a lot of people are so afraid of technology that they're not seeking tech, you know, the opportunities that have been presented in the past. But I think the way we're going to present it in a fun, family-like organization, I think 
we can make some headway. And then a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurial in spirit or young professionals or entrepreneurs themselves. Do you have any advice for them, those listening? I would say follow your passion. Whatever keeps you up at night, like me at four in the morning, sending out emails and doing I to do lists for the organization, I say that's what you, that's the career you go after. So whatever you're really passionate about, if you're passionate about animals, then pursue a career, you know, with the zoo or Department of Natural Resources or something like that. But go after what you feel is passionate, because then it won't be so hard for you to get up in Monday mornings and go <laughs> go to work. <laughs> Absolutely true. Uh, so I think it's a good place to kind of pivot towards some of our last questions of the show. And, I, and one thing I don't think we got to was what are your goals for both yourself and the organization for the next five, 10 years? Well, my goal, like I said, is to build the organization so that it can be available for the next generation. For someone who can come in become the executive director and take off with the vision that we started. I plan to retire and go sit by the beach <laughs> and do nothing <laughs> in the next five years. And uh, me, my husband hopefully will be retired by then and we could just travel and do what we want to do. But I really would like to see someone take what we've started, build it to the next level and really start pushing the idea of let's get you all into the 21st century by using technology and using it in order to change your life and help any poverty issues that are going on. Perfect, perfect. Well, and that pivots right into our last question of the show. It's centered on a theme here on Conquering Columbus, Linda, and that's live uncomfortably. And without telling you too much about why we chose that for our theme, what do you think of when you hear the phrase, how do you apply it to your life and career? I'm not sure I know how to do that. <laughs> I mean, I strive for comfort, and I strive for happiness. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I've always made a goal with not only my personal life, but my friends and family. If we're going somewhere together, if you've decided you're not going to be happy, then you're not going. Mm -hmm. So you can't go on vacation with me if you got an attitude, and you're not coming to my house for game night if you're not going to play. So <laughs> I strive for happiness, so I don't know how to live uncomfortably. Well, that's, that's a good answer, Linda. And, hey, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us on the show. Is there any last advice, any last words for Columbus? I just think that they need to understand that we all need to take this journey together. Mm -hmm. As you look at the various um, IT industry, the news, I was watching something that had to do with China and how they're saying the U.S. is behind them at least three years in technology. And I'm like, come on, mm -hmm. what's going on? So I think if we all start looking at how can we get the person next to us, our neighbor or our friends or our family, to be able to grasp IT so that we can all move forward, I think it would help a lot. Perfect. Well, Linda... Thanks a lot for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate you taking the time to tell your story. All right. Thank you. Yeah, and Conquerors, thanks for tuning in. That was Linda Nelson, and she is a co-founder over at the Pyramid CDC as well as a board member. And if you guys want to learn more about them and everything they have going on, check out the links down in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, Conquerors, that's it for the episode today. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode and learned a lot. If you did, make sure to leave a like. 
share us on Facebook with your friends. We really appreciate all your support. And every time you share our podcast or leave a review on iTunes, it really does help us out. Before we let you go, we want to take one last moment to thank all of our incredible sponsors here. And that's going to start with FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest-growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored-fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And our last sponsor is Small Biz Cares. Small Biz Cares is a nonprofit founded by socially conscious community leaders here in Columbus, and their goal is to connect, mobilize, and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community. And Small Biz Cares members have the unique opportunity to join like-minded businesses to raise money for great causes, participate in large-scale volunteer efforts, and improve educational opportunities for youth in our community. To get your small business involved or to learn more, visit smallbizcares.org. That is smallbizcares.org. Finally, if you've ever wondered what it takes to start your own podcast, we're here to help. We're putting together a podcast startup package with our recommendations and some of the key lessons we learned over the past two years of podcasting. You can sign up by heading over to our website, conqueringcolumbus.com. And while you're there, don't forget to give us a like on Facebook and be sure to subscribe and share Conquering Columbus wherever you get your podcasts. You could drop me anywhere on the planet, in any environment, and I might get, you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.